You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we will bury the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. Thanks for coming to the American League and National League Championship Series, guys, and making them both entertaining seven-game series. Then, we'll look ahead to the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers matchup in the World Series. So first, let's say goodbye to the Houston Astros, who almost came back from a 3-0 deficit in the series forced to Game 7 before ultimately coming up short against Tampa Bay. A seven-game series can provide some big swings, and so it goes for the Astros. Second baseman Jose Altuve hit three home runs at a 462 batting average and 1447 OPS. After a season which Altuve flat-out stunk, turns out he can still hit. Left fielder Michael Brantley hit 346 with a 913 OPS. He doesn't offer a lot of power, but he was still a tough out for Houston. A couple of Astros pitchers uh, performed pretty well in the championship series. Framber Valdez gave the Astros 12 quality innings, 2.25 ERA, 1.17 whip, 17 strikeouts. Uh, and that's part of the reason that Houston uh, succeeded in the, in the playoffs, getting as far as they did, is they got uh, pitching from guys like Framber Valdez, who uh, quietly had an effective regular season, but he was really great uh, in the postseason. And certainly that sets him up for bigger expectations uh, next year. Uh, and Lance McCullers uh, was still pretty effective. Uh, even though he did give up three runs and three and two-thirds innings in Game 7, uh, he finished with a 3.38 ERA, 0.84 whip, and had 18 strikeouts in 10 and two-thirds innings uh, in the series. So uh, McCullers, uh, for one thing, stayed relatively healthy this year, which uh, is an improvement on uh, on the past, uh, and he still flashed his potential. I think if you can get him healthy for a full Major League season, uh, there's still a chance for him to, to deliver you know, really great results. And Houston's pitching uh, was good in the series overall against Tampa Bay. The 3.15 ERA, 1.13 whip, 81 strikeouts in 60 innings. Uh, it, it wasn't an issue uh, that uh, Houston's pitching let them down in any significant way. On the other hand, there are a few, few spots in the lineup that, that uh, came up short, and one is third baseman Alex Bregman. Went just 4 for 28 uh, in the series. Hit 143 with a 343 OPS. Uh, that's crushing given, uh, you know, Bregman's track record. This season wasn't as uh, good as the previous two seasons, but uh, you certainly would have expected better than that from Alex Bregman. First baseman Yuli Gurriel struggled too. He was three for 21, so hit 143 with a 476 OPS. Josh Reddick and Kyle Tucker uh, weren't great in, in the series against Tampa Bay either. And when we're talking about a seven-game series, a few extra hits here or there could make the difference. So, um you know, sometimes these players run into slumps at unfortunate times, and I would say that's the case uh, for Bregman, Guriel, and then to a lesser degree, Reddick and Tucker. Um, that, uh, you know, if Bregman, if Bregman goes 8 for 28 instead of 4 for 28, um, we might be, have an entirely different conversation. So as for the National League Championship Series, uh, Atlanta Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman was great as expected, as Freeman's always great. Uh, he hit 360 with an 1168 OPS. Uh, second baseman Ozzie Albies, uh, who had struggled earlier in the playoffs, uh, he performed well in the 
uh, in the National League Championship Series. Hit 333 with a 959 OPS. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, the DH, and shortstop Dansby Swanson, they were solid uh, contributors in, in the National League Championship Series. Brave starters Max Fried and Ian Anderson were effective enough, though Anderson did walk seven in his seven innings of work. So, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect, but, you know, they were doing all right there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Kyle Wright and Grant Dayton were absolutely clobbered in Game 3. Um, but there were enough other instances in which Atlanta's relievers got touched up for a few runs by the Dodgers. So uh, while I look at the American League Championship Series and say Houston's pitching uh, didn't you know, cause them any real problems in that series overall, uh, you can look at Atlanta's and say they, they probably weren't quite uh, strong enough uh, to match up with the Dodgers there. And then offensively, uh, third baseman Austin Riley was 4 for 28. Uh, 143 average, 422 OPS. Catcher Travis Darno was 4 for 23. That's a 174 average with a 460 OPS. And right fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. was 4 for 24, 167 average, and a 560 OPS. Again, this is a seven-game series. It was close enough that these guys could have made a difference. Obviously, Acuna is the marquee name. He's one of the best players in baseball. Uh, but you know, Travis Darno had a great season, too. And he was good earlier in the playoffs. So it was just unfortunate for them to, to run into this slump at the wrong time. You know, if you got better production out of Darno or Acuna Jr. or a little bit more out of either one of them, that might have been enough to swing the series in Atlanta's direction. So um, before looking at uh, head to the World Series, let's take a look at the Game 7 stars uh, in both the National League Championship Series and the American League Championship Series. Uh, in the... National League Championship Series, Dodgers pitcher Julio Urias gave three perfect innings in relief to finish that uh, 4-3 Game 7 win uh, for the Dodgers. Uh, in 16 innings this postseason, Urias has a 0.56 ERA, 0.63 whip. He is a difference maker. And uh, I guess this is about the most effective way, if, if you're not going to run him out uh, to get regular starts, uh, being able to use him out of the bullpen uh, for longer stints, whether it's two innings or three innings, uh, or maybe more if need be, uh, and he's been lights out, and, and that could be a real weapon uh, for the Dodgers in, in the World Series. And Dodgers center fielder Cody Bellinger uh, was one for two in Game 7, but he hit the game-winning home run, also walked twice in that 4-3 win. In 12 playoff games, Bellinger has three home runs, 10 RBIs. He's hitting just 250, but has a 9-11 OPS because he has eight walks uh, as well. So, you know, 10 RBIs, eight walks in, in 12 playoff games. Uh, Cody Bellinger is a, a very productive 250 hitter. Now over to the American League Championship Series. The Rays won Game 7 by a 4-2 score. And Charlie Morton, starting pitcher for Tampa Bay, went five and two-thirds innings, gave up just two hits, one walk, no runs, struck out six. Uh, Morton has a 0.57 ERA, a 0.77 whip in three playoff starts. He has three Game 7 wins in his career, which is amazing, uh, for a guy whose best years have really come in his mid-30s. Uh, Rays outfielder Randy Arozarena was one for four, had a run scored, two RBIs, and a home run uh, in Game 7. In 14 playoff games, Arozarena has seven home runs, just 10 RBIs, which is not that many for someone with seven home runs. Uh, he's hitting 382 with a 1288 OPS. Uh, you know, my grand complaint about the Rays uh, has been that they don't have enough dangerous bats. Well, kind of the last month of the season that started to change when they added uh, Randy Arrows Arena. Uh, also, Rays catcher Mike Zanino was one for two in game seven, but that one hit was a uh, home run. He, in, 
He had two RBIs. Zanino is hitting 161 with a 565 OPS in the past two seasons. Like he's lucky to <laughs> to be still in the league with with that kind of production at the plate. And he's only hitting 216 in the playoffs, but he has four home runs and 39 plate appearances. And uh, in these low scoring games, a home run from Mike Zanino can really swing uh, the balance in the other direction. So uh, in game seven, uh, the Rays got timely hits. And I don't know that you can always count on uh, Mike Zanino for uh, a crucial home run, but uh, it worked out in that case. So coming up next, I will look at the World Series matchup between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Built Bar is a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. They have a bunch of great flavors. My favorites are the peanut butter chocolate and salted caramel. But they're all low-fat, low-carb, high-protein, all in a convenient bar. I have been trying to shed quarantine pounds at a boot camp for the past couple of months, and I'm having a little bit of success. But I lean right into it with Built Bar as part of my post-workout routine. It gives my muscles the protein boost they need. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order and enjoy the best protein bar on the planet. So as we head through the World Series and into the offseason, send me your questions. Let's make this interactive. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to send an email, direct it to locked on fantasy baseball at gmail.com. Also, check out Locked On Diamondbacks, where I joined host Millard Thomas to talk about the Diamondbacks season from a fantasy perspective. Spoiler alert, it wasn't good. Unless your name was Zach Gallon, then it was okay, but mostly not good. So, what awaits in our World Series between the Rays and the Dodgers? Strangely enough, in a shortened season, when the sample size was small enough to think that anything could happen, we ultimately ended up with chalk. The team with the most wins in the National League, the 43-win Dodgers, and the team with the most wins in the American League, the 40-win Rays, meet in the World Series. You would think that this should be a close matchup, but the odds makers have the Dodgers at a minus 210 price to win. Seems like a pretty steep advantage given what we've seen from the Rays so far in this postseason. My big concern with the Rays all season has been their lineup isn't especially dangerous. And to some degree, that is still true, but there are exceptions. Most notably, left fielder Randy Arozarena, as I mentioned. Seven home runs, 382 batting average, 1288 OPS in 14 playoff games. You, you couldn't have asked for uh, a better impact uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the, they were a lineup that needed a jolt, they needed some power, and uh, Randy Arozarena uh, came and basically has been giving it from the moment he, uh, he arrived in the bigs. Uh, right fielder Manuel Margot, he's hitting 256 in the playoffs, but has five home runs and a 987 OPS. Margot hit one home run during the regular season. The entire regular season, he had one home run. Uh, but he has five in the playoffs, and certainly the, the Rays wouldn't be where they are uh, without those home runs. First baseman G-Man Choi, he's not hitting for a ton of power, but he gets on base, has a 952 OPS in the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, the Rays lineup isn't, uh, star-studded for sure, but they do have some, some I guess, unheralded uh, playoff stars so far this, this year. Uh, the thing for the Rays is they have quite a few guys who have still underperformed in the postseason. Start with second baseman Brandon Lau, who was one of the best uh, hitting second basemen uh, in baseball during the regular season. In the playoffs, he has a 115 batting average with a 360 OPS. I mean, he's practically an automatic out. 
designated hitter Austin Meadows, hitting 114 with a 448 OPS. Shortstop Willie Adamas, hitting 132 with a 550 OPS. At least in Adamas' case, he's not hitting much either, but at least he'll walk and uh, gets himself on base. Uh, and he did that uh, quite effectively uh, late in that series against Houston a couple of times. So the Rays are in this World Series despite some rather productive hitters coming up nearly empty so far in the playoffs. If one or two of them could snap their slump in the World Series, that would help a lot. So keep an eye on Lau, Meadows, Adamas, see whether they can do any damage against the Dodgers. If they if they kind of perk up, um, maybe that Tampa Bay Rays uh, lineup could be a little more dangerous. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, Blake Snell, and Charlie Morton have ranged from good to great as starting pitchers. Uh, Diego Castillo and Peter Fairbanks have been the best in a very effective uh, Tampa Bay bullpen. The Rays are not afraid to run through a cavalcade of pitchers, uh, but it's worked for them. They just keep rolling out guys who throw in the high 90s, uh, and if it means they go six or seven uh, pitchers deep in a game, so be it. Uh, as for the Dodgers, shortstop Corey Seager has been a playoff superstar. Six home runs, 15 RBIs, hitting 298 with an 11.24 OPS in 12 games. Cody Bellinger, Jock Peterson, Max Muncy, they've all been productive. Maybe the story of the Dodgers lineup in the playoffs is that there just aren't any easy outs. A.J. Pollock has probably been the worst Dodgers hitter in the playoffs. He's hitting 229 with a 527 OPS. Is it good? Well, no, of course not. But it's not disastrous. A good game or two, and suddenly Pollock is right in the middle of the lineup in terms of production. So uh, that's the challenge facing the Rays, is that... Uh, Basically, everywhere you go in that uh, Dodgers lineup, uh, there is potential trouble. When it comes to pitching, Walker Bueller's been great. 1.89 ERA, 1.37 whip, 29 strikeouts in 19 innings uh, during the playoffs. And that's, that's notable because uh, Bueller's strikeout rate had uh, declined notably uh, during the regular season. So the fact that he's back up uh, striking out more than 13 per nine innings uh, is... Uh, I guess, an encouraging sign as they head into the World Series. Clayton Kershaw is a roll of the dice. Some great starts, some not so great on his playoff resume. And that that's uh, kind of throughout his career, and it's happened this year. Um, whether you can get great playoff Clayton Kershaw or not so great playoff Clayton Kershaw. And, and when those starts come up in the World Series, um, they'll be, you know, they could really swing the difference one way or the other. Uh, and the Dodgers have tended to patch uh, things together after that. Some combination of Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin and Julio Urias getting starts or longer relief opportunities. Uh, Kenley Jansen is a good closer. Uh, Blake Trinan and Bruster Gretterall have been okay in the setup roles, but any of those guys can be touched up on the right day. So uh, there probably is some vulnerability in the late innings there for the Dodgers. Not, um, you know, not, not a glaring weakness, but also uh, not necessarily a, a massive strength either. Certainly not when compared to, to Tampa Bay, who have been really able to lean on their, their late-inning uh, work out of the bullpen. Ultimately, the Dodgers deserve to be favored, but it's difficult to side with them at odds of more than 2-1. to one. It doesn't appear that there is that much difference between these two teams. And so, uh, you know, a, a, few, a few good breaks uh, could swing it one way or the other. Uh, that'll do it for today. I'll be back Tuesday as we get ready for Game 1 of the World Series and I'll continue digging into stats for early off-season prep. Find us, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device, play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Stay safe, enjoy the World Series, 
Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.